Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Beyond the Fairways with PGA Tour professional Jay Delsing and hosted by four-time Emmy Award-winning broadcaster Dan McLaughlin. Now, it's Beyond the Fairways. Away we go on Beyond the Fairways. I'm Dan McLaughlin. That's Jay Delsing. Our guest coming up, John Wood, longtime PGA Tour caddy, on-course reporter for NBC Golf, and as I always say to start the show, how you doing, Jay Bird? Danny Mac, it's great to be with you. I'm really looking forward to getting to a visit with John Wood. First of all, just a real quality guy. Had the pleasure of knowing John for a long time. He he was one of those caddies that was very conscientious, but fun to talk to. Loved to travel. He's a baseball junkie. We had a lot in common. Respect, obviously, has been given to him for what he's done, carrying a bag and now working on the television side. He probably offers as unique a perspective on golf as anybody that's out there. Yeah, no question. I mean, he has seen it all. And I mean, I want to talk to him a little bit about the differences between caddying and, you know, being an on-course, you know, boots-on-the-ground sort of guy for NBC because, you know, when you're caddying, you're wearing a lot of different hats. So, you know, prep, there's a lot There's a lot that just goes into it that I think people really find fascinating. I want to make sure that our fans that uh, tune into this Beyond the Fairways presented by Darty Business Solutions go back and listen to Tom Watson, David Faraday. Uh, we've had Curtis Strange. We've had some great guests. Brad Faxon talking putting. So Can I interrupt amazing. you right there, Danny? Mack? Yeah. That, after listening to Faxon, you and I doing that thing with Faxon, I couldn't wait to get out on the putting green, and I am rolling the ball right now as good as I have in a long time, really trying to put into play what he talked about. I mean, you and I have talked about it when we've been out playing. And I want to hear what uh, he has to say, talking about John Wood, about Rory McIlroy. Now, Brad Faxon has worked specifically with Rory McIlroy, but when you think about John Wood, seeing him up close and seeing some of the great players, whether it's Spieth, McIlroy, Tiger, all these guys, I want to get into that a little bit. Oh, yeah. I mean, 
it's something else when you're standing right next to these great players and watching them launch drivers and get balls up and down and you know, John Rom smashing that big hard fade around. It's it's pretty cool. Players win, but so do caddies, don't they? Oh yeah, especially nowadays, Danny. Man, the the, the caddies. You know, you, the the one thing that's the biggest difference is there's so many people on the players' team now. You know, they all talk about my team, and and Jordan Spieth was one of the first to talk about that. But he and Michael Greller, but also their wives, their their uh, their agents, their um, nutritionists, workout partners, all that. The whole thing. It's a village over there, man. It really is. The final thing I want to ask you about, or really to get into with John Wood, is the psychology of the player. You know, when do you give him a little pat on the rump? When do you put your arm around him? When do you say, hey, let's go. You got to do this. You got to be really careful with the player, don't you? Yeah, and you got to know your player, and I, and that doesn't come quickly. You know, there has to be, first of all, there has to be that trust and respect between the two of you, and then, you know, with a, 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 with a, with a guy like John Wood, if he said to me, Delsing, you know, Jay, come on, you're better than that, or, or, or you know, Let's let's forget about that and move on. You know, it, it would get your attention because he's not a he's not a super gabby guy. He's not he's gonna pick his spots and when he speaks, you're gonna listen. Beyond the Fairways presented by Doherty Business Solutions. We'll get into it coming up. John Wood, our guest, longtime PGA Tour Caddy, on course reporter for NBC on Beyond the Fairways. Doherty Business Solutions, the title sponsor of the Golf with Jay Delsing show, is a leader in our community in so many areas. Do they have over twenty five hundred teammates in over 30 states and three countries? Yes, they do. Are they the largest IT consulting firm in our area? Yes, they are. Are they the largest software developer in the St. Louis region? Of course they are. But here are a few other important things to know about Doherty Business Solutions. They are the presenting sponsor of the Ascension Charity Classic. They are the presenting sponsor and were the first presenting sponsor of the Advocate Professional Golfers event at Glen Echo that will be held there this year as well. They are also the founders of Access Point. This is a community game changer. It builds diversity in the IT workforce. Hundreds of mostly African-American women are getting fifty dollars to $60,000 a year jobs right out of high school. That's right, right out of high school. Ron Darty, company founder, chaired the 2023 Heart Ball this year. It supported the local American Heart Association chapters and raised over $600,000 in one evening. These are more examples of the many things that Darty Business Solutions does in our community. It's time for the Beyond the Fairways Player Profile. Let's get back to Jay and Dan. I'm Jay Delsing, and I'm visiting with John Wood. John, thank you so much for being with me today. Jay, my pleasure. Always fun to come on. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, John, I I mean, a little background. I I just love looking at your bio. 19 years as a caddy, 10 wins, 14 different cup appearances, seven Ryder Cup, seven President's Cups, and a wealth of fun stories and everything. And now you're hoofing the fairways for NBC, man. Congratulations on a great career. Thanks, Jay. I'm having a blast. Uh, I miss caddying sometimes. I had a wonderful time and and, I had a wonderful career, but I'm really enjoying this working for Golf Channel and NBC right now. It's uh, it's a nice change of pace. I bet it isn't. You know, I know you're home. We talked a little off air. What are you about traveling? And it's, it's a grind, man. And when I got home, 
I had this ritual that I had to get my stuff unpacked just as quickly as I could so that I could really feel like I was at home and enjoying myself. Do you have stuff like that when you travel and then come back home? A hundred percent. Yeah, I, I do the same thing. I would get home and, and uh, you know, always try to get home Sunday night if I could. Just, it just felt like you, you got a whole new day there. But uh, I do the same thing. Unpack, do laundry. And I've even gotten to the point now where I pack again right away. Just just the main stuff, all like, you know, golf clothes and, and any, anything equipment-wise I'm going to need for the next event, you know, yardage books, stuff like that. Um, just so when it gets time to go again, I just got to throw a couple things in and I'm ready to go. So, uh, yeah, definitely a lot of rituals like that. And the other one I have is after I do get home from a long trip, everybody, including my mom, knows, don't call me for two days. I'm opening <laughs> the front door. <laughs> Please, I just need to unwind. I just need to, you know, you sit there and look at a stack of mail. That, uh, you know, your house can kind of get a little stinky. There's just all sorts of so weird true. stuff. You're like, wait a minute. How did the garbage disposal break when it's not even being used, man? I mean, you know, how does that happen? It's so true. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, you know, one of the things that people probably don't consider too often, but when you were caddying, and now that you're you're essentially out in the elements, just um, similarly to caddying, the gear that you have is pretty damn important. It is. I mean, probably more so, you know, when I was caddying, but but it still is. You know, you, you got to look at weather forecasts and figure out, do I have the right clothes? Do I have... You know, if it's going to be hot, do I have my, you know, light colored shirts and, and cool pants? And if it's going to, off, you know, go into the open championship, you have all your rain gear and, you know, Gore-Tex shoes and, you know, under, under, uh, you know, underwear, uh, like it's like Under Armour stuff. And um, yeah, you, you, it's so much, as you know, it's so much better when you're comfortable out there, when you're fighting the elements or your feet are wet or you're cold and you're too hot. It just adds something else that you don't want to think about to your plate that you don't need. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's incredible how much, you know, you, you want a good pair of shoes and, and things like that. But uh, once you do it for a few years, you figure all that stuff out. Yeah, you really do. You think when you're a young guy, man, it doesn't really matter that my feet are sore. And then you, you be out there for 20 some odd years like you've been now. And you're like, oh, hell no, my feet are going to be comfortable here. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely right. So, John, take us through what a typical day caddying was like, and then so that we can kind of compare it to what it's like and, and some of the prep that you're doing on the course um, now that you're working for NBC. Sure. It, it's A lot of it is the same, Jay, to be honest with you. I've kind of kept my same schedule that, that I did as a caddy. Um, there are probably some weeks I don't need to be there as early as I get there, but um, I just felt like this is my routine and I've like, I've, I've kept it. I kind of, you know, get there on Monday, um, you know, Tuesday I spend, you know, walking the course, um, taking a look at everything, see if, if there's changes, if it's a course I've been to a lot of times, um, it's not as intensive of, of a work that I, that I need to do if it's a new course. Like, uh, this week, if I was an Oak Hill for the PGA with all the changes, I would have a lot more work to do. Uh, but that's a CBS event, obviously. So I'm not there, but, um, I spend Tuesday looking at the golf course, making sure it's all the same, looking at conditions. What's the rough like? Are the greens firm? Are the fairways firm and fast? Or is it soft? Um, looking at the weather for the week, planning on, you know, wind directions, um, different tee shots, um, hole locations. And, um, you know, like I said, I could probably get all that done on, on a Wednesday. 
um, and just go from there. But I, I like having that extra time to feel extra prepared. Um, and not only that, but, but really having Tuesday to talk to all the caddies and the teachers and the other players and try and get that inside information that, that, that the viewer finds, you know, uh, interesting and, and relevant to, to the guys that, you know, are competing. Um, especially when it comes to Sunday. If it comes to Sunday and I got a great piece of information from somebody on Tuesday, either a teacher or a caddy or a player, um, I think it adds to the telecast a lot. So I like spending a lot of time out there, you know, just chatting with the guys on Tuesday, moving around with different groups. Um, and like I said, just trying to gather information. Wednesday, uh, more more the same. And, and usually I've got all my coursework done at that point. Um, Wednesday is, is pro-land day for most of the players. So I'll do more of the same, kind of drive around, just chatting with guys, um, trying to get an idea of, of who might be the feature groups and who I might be out with, um, looking up, you know, stats and, 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 you know, who, what kind of course, who it might favor that week, uh, what kind of player usually does well on that course. Um, and then, you know, come, come Thursday, we'll find out our pairings, uh, who I'm going out with Wednesday night, typically for the first day and the second, pretty much. Um, you know, and if there's any extra homework I need to do specifically for those guys, I'll do it, um, including, you know, calling the caddies that I know and saying, hey, what are you guys working on? How's your man's game? Um, you know, and guys know I'm not going to I'm not going to burn them with anything. If they share information with me that's, you know, they don't want out there, I'm not going to say it. But but it's if it's something fairly generic about what they're working on or how they're going to play a certain hole. Um, I think that's very interesting to have that information uh, going into the broadcast. And then, uh, you know, just kind of see how it goes for the first two days and then ramp up for the leaders uh, Saturday and Sunday and, and uh, on to the next week. So I've kind of kept my same schedule. I know that's a lot of talking right there, but I've kind of kept a very similar schedule um, as I did as a caddy. The one change that um, I think is very interesting for me is, you know, before I would go out and look at a golf course for one person. How does Matt Kuchar best play this golf course? How does Hunter Mayhan best play this golf course? Now it, it's fun because as, when I'm out there, I really have to look at it for everybody. Um, a short, straight guy, a guy who likes to cut it, a guy who likes to draw it, uh, a, you know, a bomber who may not be that accurate because they're all going to play different, you know, the holes differently and have different tactics. So um, I'm really enjoying that aspect of it, looking at it from, from every point of view. I'm visiting with John Wood uh, from Beyond the Fairways, and we're presented by Darty Business Solutions. John, it's interesting, isn't it? When you, when you were caddying before you started your television career, you guys did a lot of um, counsel between caddies, didn't you? You talked a, a lot about the course. You talked a lot about how certain holes play, how this is more uphill or downhill, where to miss, and things like that. You guys work together a lot. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just been something, everybody's kind of got their group of friends out there, you know, and, you know, my best buddies out there were like Joe LaCava and Paul Tesori and Bones and Cubby. And, and, you know, yeah, if we went out to dinner or if we were staying together, like, you know, renting a house and staying together, um, you'd always sit around and, and you know, kind of go through the yardage book with each other and not, you know, sharing any trade secrets or anything, but just checking over things, making sure everybody had the, you know, if you found something, funny on the golf course that that you know the book didn't have quite right you, you kind of share it with each other and it wasn't like you were you know talking to the entire field it was usually a pretty close-knit everybody's kind of got their three to five guys that they talk to and share information with and walk courses with and um yeah it's it, it's definitely um 
especially at the team events. But yeah, even in regular events, you, you do that. And I can't wait to get to the team events later. But so, so Woody, when you're out there caddying for a, a specific player, and you've had some great players, Cooch and Calc and Hunter Mahan, Chris Riley, uh, Kevin Sutherland, there's such an art to knowing when to shut up and when to speak out. And everybody's different, aren't they? Oh my gosh. You, you're so different, you know, and, and, you know, people ask about caddy and, 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 you know, the X's and O's the reading of putts and, and clubbing a guy. And, um, you know, those are pretty easy. I mean, to me, that's the easy part of caddying. Um, you know, you, if you, if you're a pretty good caddy and you go around with a guy once or twice, you know how far he hits his clubs and what he likes to do typically. But the interesting part is the psychology and, and you've got to figure out your guy, like what does he want? What does he need that he might not even know? Um, you know, take a guy like Hunter Mahan, um, who was just a freak of a ball striker. I mean, he, I think he played his absolute best when, um, you know, you had all your homework done for him and you said, Hunter, it's a full eight iron hit it right at that trash can and he would do it, you know, <laughs> without having to overly involved or, you know, you see that little, a tiny little bush out there, 310 hit driver right at that. And he would do it. Um, if things got overly complicated, you know, I, sometimes he would uh, start to overthink things and you'd almost try to get him out of it and, and talk about things outside of golf, you know, talk about, you know, some cars he's working on or basketball or something else that he, that he loved to talk about. Um, a guy like Cooch was completely different, you know, wanted all the information um, and he can kind of parse through it and decide, okay, I need that part. I don't need that part. Um, and after a while you got to know what, what he really wanted, what he didn't know, but yeah, it, it's, um, I think the best caddies know when, you know, it's kind of a cliche, but like, you know, good coaches know what guys need a pat on the back and what guys need a kick in the butt when things aren't going well. And, you know, diff, you know, guys need different things at different times. Sometimes you need to be very encouraging and say, Hey, you know you're working on the right things. Keep plugging along. Things are going to click. Um, you know, and then if, if you saw him really getting negative on himself and getting down on himself and, you know, those little pep tops weren't working, you, you kind of had to dig deeper and, and um, kick out a good time where you were going to have a little bit of a walk or a wait where it was just the two of you, you know, and, and maybe get in his face a little bit and say, hey, look at me right now get out of yourself you know there's a lot of golf left i know those last few holes or whatever didn't weren't like we wanted but um you know you need to shape up here and and get back at it and and you use those sparingly because if you if you use it too often it kind of gets um a little disruptive on their games and they think boy this guy's just beating me up all the time but if if you do it sparingly at the right times it kind of really you know, shocks them a little bit and, and gets them out of whatever funk they're in and go, wow, if, if John's talking to me like this, um, I must be acting pretty poorly right now. So I better shape <laughs> up, you know, and I think you'll see the best guys do that. Michael Greller, uh, Paul Zasori, Bones, Joe Lacama, you know, you, you know, you know, um, they might not catch those conversations on the air, but you can kind of tell when you're watching and when it's happening. Um, and, and, uh, I think, um, I think it's important to know your guy's personality more, more than it is to figure out how far he hits a seven iron. Friends, family, and loved ones. I bet you haven't purchased a father's day gift yet. Have you? 
Well, no fear. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming are here. I'm talking about our friends at Manscaped. They're saving the day yet again with the total package for the father figure in your life this year. It's time to upgrade his game from waist to face with this exclusive offer. Have him join the 8 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. Get 20% off free shipping with the code BTF at manscaped.com. Again, 20% off free shipping, the code BTF for beyond the fairways at manscaped.com. Let's start with the ultimate Father's Day MVP, the Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, Performance Boxer Briefs, Travel Bag to Hold the Goodies. Can't forget about the Moneymaker. Manscaped has absolutely changed the game with their brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit for fathers around the world. Included in this Beard Hedger Trimmer, Beard Shampoo and Conditioner, Beard Oil, Beard Balm, and two free gifts with their signature Beard Comb and Scissors. We all know that dads love their comfort if grooming routine is already dialed in, make sure to hook him up with Manscaped's Boxers 2.0. These are without a doubt the best boxers for men of all ages. Whether he's mowing the lawn, taking out the trash, golfing in the sun, these moisture-wicking boxers breathe without breaking a sweat. Get 20% off free shipping, the code BTF at manscaped.com. 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code BTF. Make this Father's Day one he won't forget with Manscaped. John, I got to tell you, when I see uh, Jordan and Michael, you don't need any sort of commentary. Jordan is uh-huh. going to walk you through every single thing and then three more. <laughs> it's so funny. We, we were... Uh... I can't remember. We were doing a, a podcast a while back, and it was uh, myself, Paul Tesori, Michael Greller, and I think it was Joe Scogren, uh, who's now working for Tom Kim. Um, he used to work for Ricky Fowler. And I said something to the effect that, you know, I, I said a good caddy has the questions, has the answers to 10 questions that never get asked. And Paul Tesori said, but Michael gets all 10. <laughs> he does. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I can remember – watching Jordan and, and Michael go through a really simple, you know, 80-yard shot, perfect live, right in the middle of the fairway. And I was just amazed. And 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 what I've come to think is it's it's a, a way of for Jordan to burn off some of his anxiety and a little nervous energy to just kind of, you know, just go through this routine. And poor Michael, I mean, there have got to be days where he just wants to stick his head in a bucket of ice or something, Woody, because he's got to be worn out. Uh, it's a it's a good point, and, and you know, luckily Michael knows how to handle him well. Uh, I think Jordan knows sometimes, and and when he gets like that, and and I'm, I know I know they talk after the rounds, you know, and he say, hey, Michael, I I I sorry about that on whatever hole I was uh, a little too much, but I think you're exactly right, Jay. I think that's a very astute point. That I think um, I think Jordan likes it, it. Kind of relieves him of the anxiety. You'd think a lot of people it would build anxiety, but for him. I think every little bit of information, you know, I think it settles him a little bit. Okay, I've checked that box. I've checked that box. I've checked that box. I'm ready to go. Um, you know, and Ben Hogan used to say that, you know, he wanted every bit of information he could get, you know, in his brain because the more he put in there, the less the negative thoughts came in. Sure. Um, and I think that's a lot what Jordan and, and Michael do out there. Well, Woody, I had Lee Trevino on the show. We had Lee Trevino on the show not long ago, and Lee, you know, talked to relax himself. No question about it. Oh, yeah, exactly. I can't remember who he said it to, but it was one of my favorite <laughs> lines of golf of all time. And, 
it might have been Jack, and he said, he said, uh, Lee, you know, I don't, I don't want to talk today. I need to concentrate. And Lee said, you don't need to talk. All you got to do is listen. Yeah, that's the best. That's the best. Uh, it's so good. I'd, I'd love to see a round with, with uh, Lee and Jordan. You wouldn't need a single announcer out there all day. And you wouldn't need boom mics, that's for sure. I mean, you just walk around, <laughs> and if you're anywhere within 50 yards, you're going to catch all you need to hear. Oh, it's great stuff. And I think it's, you know, I think Jordan and Michael are so entertaining. And it's, you know, I think every announcer in the game knows when they're coming to you and they start talking, just shut up, lay out, don't say a word because they're going to, whatever they say is going to be much more entertaining and much more informative than anything you can add. Absolutely. And John, I had such a tough time the little bit that I got to do your kind of work of understanding the value of that silence. Boy, it's such, it's so powerful. Yeah, you know, you, you really pay attention to it. And, you you know, hopefully you, you know the guys that um, that are going to have the good conversations. Um, you know, the Bones and the Michael Greller, Paul Tesori. You know, some guys you don't know, you kind of read them and figure out, okay, is this a guy I need to lay out with? Or do they talk much? and Or they just kind of decide what to do and go. But, yeah, when you're coming to um, – when they come to you, if, if they've already got a club out and the guy looks ready to go, then you know you can start talking. But – if they're standing there looking at the shot and it's a Bones or a Michael Greller or, or, or Joe LaCaba, um, you know, you anticipate maybe introducing the shot very quickly and then just laying out and see what they have to say. Uh, because like I said, that, that to me is, is, it's like having a, uh, you know, a mic when the, when the manager goes to talk, goes to the pitcher's mound to talk, you'd love to hear that conversation, but you never get to hear it. Well, in golf, we do sometimes, so uh, it's a it, it's it's interesting and fun and so valuable to know that stuff. It really is. And so, John, and one more question before we take a break: easier to caddy, easier to be the boots on the ground with NBC. I mean, the timing. Ooh, you got to pick your spots, don't you? <laughs> you do. You really do. They're they're both interesting challenges. Um, uh, the the good thing about announcing is um if i screw up i screw up but it doesn't cost me any money <laughs> <laughs> but uh Chadian, you know you mess up at the wrong time and not only are you hurting your own uh you know bank bank account and and reputation but uh you know you can really cost your players some shots so uh, i enjoy both of them they're both very different challenges this is beyond the fairways and jay delsing here and i'm visiting with john wood and we are presented by darty business solutions so, John, LIV, first of all, I want to get your thoughts about just from the state of the game. I've never been more popular in terms of people wanting my opinion about golf since LIV came around. So, in one sense, Woody, I feel like it's good because we're talking about golf more. But, man, I hate seeing DJ and Cam Smith and the guys, you know, the, the best players not, not hanging out at the same events. I do, too. I think it's just, it's a, it's an unfortunate situation. And, and um, I, you know, the guys that made the decision to leave, that's fine. It's their career a hundred percent. And, and if they want to do it and, and take the money, then, you know, that is completely their decision. I don't begrudge anybody. Um, I, I don't agree though, that they should be able allowed to play both tours. I mean, it's just, you can't take that huge paycheck and the guaranteed money every single week and then decide, I want to come back and, and play the players championship or I want to come back and, and play, uh, you know, an elevated event just here and there though, not all of them, but here and there, I'd like to come back and play. Hey, it's not fair to the guys who stayed and supported the tour and didn't take those huge checks. 
Um, and B, I just don't, I don't think it's, um, you know, you made your choice and, and right or wrong, that's, you're stuck with it. And um, I think it's, uh, I think it's very unfortunate. I think there's probably, I mean, I'm, I'm totally guessing at this. I, I've had a couple of conversations with people, but I think there's the way the tour is, is um, situated now, the way they're doing it with the elevated events and uh, the elevated money that's come about, you know, all credit to live. It probably wouldn't have happened if, if they hadn't come about. But I think there's probably a few guys on live who maybe have a little buyer's remorse. Um, definitely. The, definitely. Way the, the, tour is, the way the tour is set up now. Um, I think if they could choose today, I think they'd probably choose to come back. Um, but, you know, it, that's not an option. It's, it's just really not. And, and if that ever does become an option, I don't know how it will come about, you know, what the process will be to come back. Um, but um, it's just, I, uh, I don't get the, if you want to, like I said, I don't, if you want to go, go, that's fine. It's up to you. What I don't get is, is the beating up of the PGA tour that, that Fred Couples has been so vocal about, you know, I just, you know, I, everybody, everybody uh, who went there, you know, made their hay through the PGA Tour. They got famous. They made their money. They got ranked because of the PGA Tour. Um, and to leave and just, you know, say how terrible it was or is, I, 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 I just don't get it. You know, if, if you, you went, you made your choice. Fantastic. But but to beat up the tour, I don't I don't uh, I don't really understand that that aspect of it. You know, Woody, there's no way that those guys aren't sitting there wanting to play in they're they're wanting to play in Jacksonville or they're wanting to play a couple of weeks in Memorial at Jacksonville. You you know that for sure. I I completely agree. And um you know, I have a lot of a lot of good buddies and 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 friends who went to the, to the live um and I think you're right. I think a lot of them I don't want to say I I wouldn't call them and I'm sure they don't feel irrelevant, but it it, it just it, the week in week out it, they don't feel like a big part of the discussion in the world of golf. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, do you, let me ask you this because <clears throat> the sports washing term, it is what it is, I guess, you know, because if you and I were playing in an EPL team and the team got sold to the Saudis, the PIF fund or the Saudis bought our race team or whatever, you and I really would go as part of that group, you know, but with a golfer, we're individuals, you know, and, and as I age, that would have been a man, if I'd have gotten that call in the middle of my career, my four daughters, and you know, there's some really low times that you experience on tour, that'd have been a hard thing to turn down. But you know what I think, Woody, I don't know about being a, so essentially your boss is Saudi Arabia. And that's tough for me right now. I'm with you. I, I mean, I'm, I'm totally with you. And um, I didn't have to make the choice, obviously, but it, it, if I was working for a player and, and he had told me he was leaving to go play live, um, I would have had a hard time doing it, to be totally honest with you. I don't, you know, I know I would have been working for that player and, and it was his decision, but I don't know that I would have followed, you know, it might've been grounds for, um, you know, an amicable breakup at that point, but I, I'm with you. I just, um, I don't know. I, to me, it's just a very tough, tough association or, or country to be in bed with. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and you know, I had an I had an interesting conversation with a, a friend who lives on the East Coast, and he's a, a top executive for a company. He had a friend that supported the Live Bedminster at Trump's golf course, and they 
had, you know, music and all of these cool things. And one of the areas that they created, which would have been pretty cool, is this VIP area around the driving range where, you know, you get cocktail service and great chairs to sit in and you can watch the best players in the world, you know, practice and do their thing and do some of their routines. And, you know, he said one player came to the range after the round. And Interesting. it's, yeah. you know, because so, so John, when you think about it, we, we really don't know the details around this thing. It's murky, right? We don't know. So there you get a hundred million dollars. Are you getting that in addition to say whatever you earn on a weekly basis on those 14 events, or is it against that? You really don't know. No, I, I know. And that's what's uh, to me so interesting about the court case. You know, if it does go all the way to trial and doesn't get settled out of court, um, I think we're, we're all going to find out a whole lot about those contracts. And I don't think they're going to be uniform. I don't think everybody's going to have the same exact, you get paid this, this, and this. I think they're going to, you know, be some variety and some, some differences to them. Just my guess. But um, yeah, if that, if that court case goes all the way to trial, um, which I don't know. I mean, who knows what's going to happen at this point, but um, we're, we're, I think we're going to find out a whole lot, maybe about both tours that we didn't know before. Yeah, and we also, I've also heard that if a player wants to leave Live, he's got to pay back two to three times the money that he that he was guaranteed, so that's never going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I heard the same. I heard the same, which is, uh, <laughs> that's uh, not, not you, you just couldn't do it. There's no way you could afford that. So um, what what I think would be interesting is, is, if for some reason, you know, the leaders of the live tour decide in, in a year or two or three years from now, you know, this isn't what we thought it was going to be. And, and we want out and, and, and kind of bail on it at that point, what is going to be the avenue for those guys to maybe requalify or come back to the PGA tour? You know, I, I know that's a long way down the road, but that, that will be interesting if that ever does, does happen. I don't see that path. Woody, I just don't see how yeah. that works with, you know, JT, he, he didn't take the money and so-and-so didn't take the money. And then, you know, you did, and you're going to sit out a couple of years and, uh, and now we're going to welcome yeah. you back. I just, boy, that doesn't no, seem like that's happening. Anyway. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think there's any way they welcome them back. I think, you know, it, it, it may be a situation <laughs> where you're, uh, you know, you're suspended for another full year and then you can try and requalify. But you're not just nobody's nobody's going to be handing their tour card back, save maybe, you know, I don't know how it's going to work for a guy like Dustin Johnson, who, you know, or, or Phil with over 20 wins and a lifetime membership who resigned. Um, those are the only guys I think that would be in the realm of possibility of coming back without having to requalify. But I think everybody else would literally have to go requalify. Absolutely. This is um, beyond the fairways and I'm visiting. Visiting with John Wood, he is the lead on the ground uh, analyst for NBC Golf. John, when is there a player that you just love to watch play the game? Love the way he plays the game, or or someone that's that's must see TV for you? Well, there, there's a lot of them right now. Um, I think um, when he's going right, which you know hasn't played very well this year for him, but I, I love watching Rory because I've just never seen anybody. Um, drive a golf ball like he drives it you know just it, it's almost you can't understand it really because you he can't swings, he swings a hundred percent of everything he hits it high he, he draws it he cuts it um so when, when he's going well I, I love watching him play the game um jordan you know for a completely different reason um you know i 
I remember once reading Nick Price, uh, I think he said something like, you know, I, I wouldn't pay to watch myself or, or Nick Faldo play golf because if, if we go shoot 63, you know exactly how we did it. We hit fairways, we hit greens, we made a few putts. Right. But I would pay to go watch Seve play because if Seve shoots 63, you are probably going to see five or six shots that you will never see again and you've never seen before. And that's how I feel watching Jordan. You just, you know, you don't know what's going to happen and, and, and you know there's going to be some – some situations he puts himself in that are bad. And then, you know, those are the fun parts of the round because he escapes like nobody. His short game wizardry and his imagination is so fun to watch. Um, so he, to me, is, is much watch, uh, you know, must watch television when he's around. Um, I love watching Max Homa. I think Max Homa's a blast. I think I love his personality. I love his conversations with Joe, his caddy. Um, but there, gosh, there's so many uh really good players really good caddy player combinations you know uh that it's hard to pick out just one there's so many guys for different reasons i love to watch absolutely have you have you tuned into um full swing have you seen the netflix series you know i haven't and everybody has recommended it and here's the reason i haven't i'm i probably would enjoy it um but i know all these guys and i have you know personal you know relationships with these guys that i'm not sure i want them changed you know if i if i see something that's going to change the way i look at somebody um or interact with them I, I i don't know that i want that you know um so i haven't watched it i may at some point but uh to this so far i haven't watched it want to remind our listeners about FanDuel? make a fast break to FanDuel during the nba playoffs because right now New customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win with FanDuel. FanDuel offers great promotions every day. Safe and secure app. You're going to get paid instantly with FanDuel. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook, and that is FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash BTF or Beyond the Fairways. Again, FanDuel.com slash BTF. Get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash BTF. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 and older in select states. First online, real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's interesting for no other reason than than having a glimpse behind the curtain, so to speak. But boy, I got to tell you, for a guy my age, and I don't want to sound like an old fart, but I am an old fart, you know, watch it. Where was, we didn't have private jets back in the day, man. And it, it was, you know, when you, I, I get a kick out of Jordan and JT, and I don't want to be a spoiler for, for this thing for you, but they're they're talking about trying to get up to Southern Hills to play a practice round. And, and I think Jordan says, JT, well, it's only a 40 minute flight. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, I only live like seven hours by car, but if I'm going to take a flight, I got to take two different connections and it's a full day of travel. And I'm like, Oh boy, I didn't play that tour. <laughs> a little, little different animal. For sure. <laughs> it, it, it really is. Um, so John, when, when you talk about the psychology of caddying and just the psych, the psychology of 
kind of we humans. One of the things that I think is really interesting is that when you break the game down from a mechanical side to a artistic side, so to speak, for lack of a better word, you get a guy like Jordan Spieth that kind of fills he's he's he leans more towards artistic, but is is got enough of the ball striking to be a champion. What I want to hear you speak about a little bit, please, is how difficult it is to find that mix. And when you find the right mix, like a tiger or a Phil or a Jack, you have a world beater. Oh, you're, you're so right. Um, it is such a fine line between, you know, going from that practice mode and that mechanics and um, to taking it out to the golf course and being able to shoot a score with it. Um, I mean, you can go to any mini tour or college event in the world and you're going to find 10 swings that you think this is a perfect golf swing that's perfect why isn't he on the tour um, but it, it is a completely different animal between having a great golf swing and being able to put up a score i think the best players in the world um you know tiger phil um jack uh, and, and today you know guys like jordan and and john rom they they have a switch and i don't think it's even something they know they do but from going from that tuesday wednesday practice sessions to the warm-up session on thursday to getting to that first key i think the best players are able to stop thinking mechanics once they get out there uh, and they're there but i think they, they they're able to not let those mechanics bother them in terms of putting up a score i mean how many times have you watched jordan or Phil hit it like, you know, hit seven greens and shoot 67. It's just remarkable how, how, how they can do that, how they can put up a score no matter what. Um, and it's a gift. And there's other guys that if they're not swinging well and they haven't had good practice sessions, um, you can forget the week. It's just not going to happen. And, and um, you know, it's, it's, it's tough, but it's true. Um, so I think guys, uh, Dustin Johnson, another one I can think of who just, you know, the, the warm-up sessions, the practice, yeah, they're important, but something happens when those flags go up on Thursday and they're able to just say, put up a score, I don't care how. And yeah. I think the best players are able to do that. It's, it's really interesting, isn't it, Woody, when you think about the two best players in the last 25 years were absolutely atrocious drivers of the ball. Well, I, I think, you know, Phil, I would say yes. Tiger, I think, had stretches where he was a pretty darn good driver. I think, you know, early on, especially like in, in around that, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, he drove it pretty darn good. Um, but yeah, what, later on, I think um, uh, he started struggling with the driver for sure. But um, it, it just, it doesn't, you know, you, you watch replays of, of that, the U.S. Open at, at Torrey Pines. And you wouldn't think somebody who drove it where Tiger drove it that week would have a chance of winning that golf tournament. But he does, they don't let it bother him. I think other people miss a fairway at the U.S. Open and immediately go into panic mode. Uh-oh. You know, I think, but, but guys like Tiger, especially, best mind I've ever seen in, or, or, or been around in golf, or Phil or Jordan, um, they're able to hit a poor drive think about it maybe as they're standing there watching the other guys hit maybe think about the mechanics for 20 to 25 yards into the walk and then it's done it's it's over on to the next shot how do i score from here you know and they're able to, to finish those rounds out 
putting up a decent score and then maybe figure out the, the, the mechanics of it after the round or the next day talking to their coach. But um, they're, they're just able to, to put that, that thought away. And, and something I'm not able to do. And I don't think <laughs> most people are able to do. If they're struggling with their golf swing. It's not going to be a good day, period. No, and guys, it's just they have different ways to put up a score. Absolutely, Woody. And you know, one thing that you mentioned about the great Tiger Woods is that if he needed to hit that 18th fairway to win the tournament, that ball's in the fairway. And it didn't necessarily yeah. be with the driver, but he was able to, and Tiger's got a hell of an ego, but he was able to put that, I want to win in a certain fashion like Phil had, and he would shelf it because Tiger would walk across class to win the event. And Phil wanted to win with a certain kind of style, I felt like. I think you're right. I think there's a lot of truth to that. And, um, you know, I think uh, Tiger, to me, I, I don't think there's ever been an iron player like Tiger Woods from from three iron to to, to lob wedge through the bag. Um, he had every shot. He wasn't afraid to hit every shot, draw low, high, cut. Didn't matter. He was able to hit them all. He pulled them all at the right time. And I think for him, Obviously, he'd love to hit it in the fairway and have a wedge in his hand, but it didn't matter. Over the course of 72 holes, you know, he it didn't matter if he had a lot of seven irons or six irons or seven irons. It doesn't matter because he was going to put himself in the right positions. And, um, you know, when he was at his best, um, I don't think anybody – you never saw Tiger uh, not pin high or not hit it as far as he wanted to hit it. His, his speed control and distance control was unparalleled through the bag and I think that was why he was such a great iron player this is beyond the fairways and I'm visiting with John Wood and he is the lead analyst on the ground for NBC golf and Woody I so appreciate the time I just want to leave you with one one question with throughout all of your time caddying and now working through TV and you do such a great job and love your insight is there any shot or any position that someone got out of or just pulled something off that whether you were caddying or whether you were you're, you had a microphone in your hand you just went what just happened because David Faraday has got three or four and he tells the stories and it is just so comical I was just wondering if anything like that happened for you oh gosh I would need to think about that um I'm sure there have been I'm, I'm trying to no, that's okay. That's a tough one to put you on a spot to right at the end here. There's been a few, I, I'm sure. I Nothing just jumps to mind right now. Like, how did that just happen, you know? Right, or what did I just see? I can remember one time when I was playing with Greg Norman, who was the best driver of the ball that I ever played with in our generation. And we we're standing on the ninth tee at the old Colonial in, in Memphis, and he tops this drive, and it doesn't go 20 yards. And, you know, you don't say anything, you don't, but you start, you, this awareness comes over you and you go, that just happened. You know, right. and you're like, what? And, um, and Faraday talks about this last, the, the, the tiger shot. It's pretty famous now, the last hole in, in Akron, you know, where he's, he's tied with Ernie Els and he hits it under a tree and 12 inch rough and hits some sort of wedge hooky thing over there to a foot from the hole after he just tells Lanny Watkins in the booth that Tiger's got no shot. It's going to have to chip out. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I, I will say this. Something just came to mind and it was, I can't remember the year, but it was, it was, um, it was a year when Tiger was really struggling with his golf swing. I think it was towards the end of his time with Haney. Um, I, I really just, you know, he just didn't have two way missed one, didn't know where the ball was going. 
and we were paired with him for the first two days. I was working for Hunter Mayhan, and we were paired with him for the first two days of the Players' Championship. And that's not a golf course you can spray the court, the ball on. And I can't remember the movie, but, uh, you know, we, we were getting ready to tee off, and I said, uh, you know, I said, uh, high score pays for tickets to such and such movie that was starting that day. And he goes, all right, sounds good. You know, and so it was me and Hunter, and we were joking, and, and, and Steve and, and Tiger. And Hunter hit it like Hunter hit it, striked it all day. Uh, you know, hit a ton of fairways, ton of greens, and shot 71. Tiger was popping up three woods and hooking four irons 30, 40 yards. It just, it was god-awful. I mean, it, and he knew it. Hunter shot 71, Tiger shot 72. And he was, you know, he, he would pop up a three-wood, like I remember on, on 14, 15. He popped up a three-wood, barely got it to the fairway, hit four iron from about 240 to that back pin to about eight feet and made birdie. And oh. you're just looking at him like, who does this, you know? who? That was an entire day of those shots where, you know, if you watched them both tee to green, you would have thought Hunter beat him by 10, and he ended up clipping him by a shot. So um, that was that was one day that I'll never forget. And I've I told Tiger over the years, I said, you know, all your majors, unbelievable, impressive. That day was the most impressive thing I've ever seen you do. And he laughs about it. He remembers it. So uh, it, it was uh, it was just ridiculous. John, my friend, thank you so much for the time. Thanks for the sharing the stories. Please keep it up. Keep all the good work coming. We love listening to you and watching. Jay, thank you so much. It means a lot coming from you, and uh, I love coming on the show. So anytime you need me, you got my number. It's the breakdown. There it is. A win for the ages. That is better than most. Better than most. Maybe. Yes, sir. Here it is. The return to glory on Beyond the Fairways. Really a fascinating visit. Great job on the interview with John Wood, Jay Bird, longtime PGA Tour caddy, the on-course reporter for NBC Golf. A lot of things I want to get into. You mentioned it at the end. Uh, Full Swing, which is the Netflix behind-the-scenes look at the PGA Tour, and now some of the guys on Live. I find it really interesting. He says, I don't want to watch because I don't want my perspective of these guys to change. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Because here's a guy who's already behind the curtain, and now you're going to take them in one step deeper, and I kind of get what he's saying there. What's the future of Live 2? And that's something that he talked about. And I'm sure he's got insight. It's talked about every week, especially with Kepka winning the PGA. But uh, the fact is, we all are kind of curious about what happens with Liv. And certainly his perspective was unique. It, it, it really was. And, you know, Brad, I go back to what Brad Faxon said. And, and Danny, this is strictly about money, I think, oh, at 100%. this point. I mean, are these guys going to unbuckle and go for another, what did he say, a billion dollars otherwise this thing's gonna run dry you're gonna have to keep feeding the beast here and i don't know i would love to be privy to some of those conversations when those guys are trying to evaluate like what they're getting out of this yes and it's bottom line money and the you know when you look at the exposure of the live tour it's kind of non-existent now he got a lot of fair and fair early but the the ratings have just been abysmal oh yeah and then you know the cw did him no favors with the playoff <laughs> when they did you know i guess cut away the, to mickey mouse yeah i you know cut away to mickey mouse some parade the swat team you know all these reruns of shows that are 15 20 years old uh and you didn't get to see the dust the dj playoffs so against cam smith of all people so what a 
Yeah, that's that, I don't know what to say, but it, it 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 it's all in line with this thing just not being well buttoned up. I'm curious for you. You played uh, what three decades on the PGA Tour, and your relationships with your caddies was was it like what John Wood was talking about in that interview? Yeah, I, I would go out to dinner with my caddies, and now there were times where I needed breaks. You know what I mean? It can get stale, and uh, so there were days. Like if I wasn't in it's the like program, a relationship, you gotta, you gotta get your time away sometimes. Absolutely. And look forward to seeing the guy. Um, like on, if I was not playing in the pro-ams on Wednesday, I gave my guys Wednesdays off. Did you really? Yeah. And they were, you know, and they're like, you sure? And I'm like, yeah, about positive. I can carry my bag to the range. I know what I want to do. I know what I want to work on and I don't need you there. And it, it was just, you know, I just, so a little quiet, a little this, a little that. Just I, I'm that guy that likes to be by myself. There are other caddies. I mean, other players, Danny. They want their caddy there twenty four seven, and 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 an hour before they show up to make sure they got everything done for them. I'm more like to do stuff myself. Did caddies ever get in your face and say, "Jay, you've got to hit this on this shot"? No, no, no. Don't don't do that. I don't agree with you. You have to do this one time. And what happened? Didn't go well for them. <laughs> it did not. It, it's just, you know what? It's just not the way I'm driving the bus. And if this yeah. bus goes over the cliff, it's unfortunately, yeah, he's got to go over the cliff with me, but I'm driving the bus. So what yeah. happened after you said, or do you see it didn't go well? What'd you do? I said, stand down. I know what I'm doing and I'm no, I know what shot I'm going to play. So just carry the bag and let me do my thing. And I way. pulled off the shot and he, and he was like, boss, I'm, I'm like, Let's go. Just, yeah. I, I, we're, this is not the time nor the place to hash this out. But I sat him down afterwards and I said, listen, you know, th- th- you're my guy, but you got to pick your spots. Yeah. And right in the middle there, th- th- there's no indecision. I didn't ask your opinion. You jumped me and that's not going to happen again. I bet you're like uh, John Wood and like myself. I love watching Rory hit the golf ball. It's amazing. I love watching Jordan Spieth in unique situations, escape, how he putts. I, I thought that was really cool what he talked about. It is. And, I mean, Jordan is that creative guy. You yes. know, he gets around the green. He's How many bunker shots have we seen Jordan Spieth hold? You know, and 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 um, the same way Rory and that driver. I mean, I feel like he was just made to hit that driver. And it's funny, you know, you look back at Rory's finish at the PGA a week or so ago, and, it didn't even look like he played well, and he finished like seventh. Yes. You know, he just has so much ammo in that bag of his. Beyond the Fairways presented by Darty Business Solutions, Innovations in Golf. We're going to dive into live a little bit more. Also, tip segment, psychology of the game. John Wood, Jay Delsing, my partner, talked about the psychology of the game. Our tip segment will take us to uh, the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth, Texas. We'll give our picks. And up next, we'll go into the tips, psychology of the game on Beyond the Fairways. Darty Business Solutions, our title sponsor, is a leader in our community in so many areas. Do they have over 2,500 teammates in over 30 states and three countries? Yes, they do. Are they the largest IT consultant firm in our area? Yes, they are. Are they the largest software developer in the region? Yes, they are. But here are a few more important things to know about Darty Business Solutions. They were the presenting sponsor of the Ascension Charity Classic. This is a community game changer 
First of all, it builds diversity in the IT workforce. Hundreds of mostly African-American women are getting fifty dollars to $60,000 a year jobs right out of high school. That's right, right out of high school. Ron Darty, company founder, chaired the 2023 Heartball, which supported the local American Heart Association chapters and raised over $600,000 in one evening. These are just a few examples of the many things that Darty Business Solutions do for our community. Darty Business Solutions. Have you ever wanted tips from a PGA pro? It's the tips segment on Beyond the Fairways with PGA professional Jay Delsing and four-time Emmy Award-winning broadcaster Dan McLaughlin. We move on to the tips segment here on Beyond the Fairways presented by Doherty Business Solutions. Really want to dive into this. This is something we haven't talked a lot about, but golfers going to see psychologists and they're doing it now jay all the time i don't know how prevalent that was for you when you were on tour but it certainly is now oh danny a hundred percent i mean they they, all athletes talk about how sports is mental golf being at the top of the list no doubt there's so much time there's not a shot clock there's not someone that's actually trying to block your shot or, or or try to get in your way it's you're getting in your way. I'll tell you a story. I was on the tour probably three years, and I was starting to struggle and trying to deal with some things. And I just happened to be talking to Bernhard Langer, uh, really a, f- a friendly guy. We, for whatever reason, got paired a lot together early in my career. And uh, he said something about his sports psychologist, and my head just snapped. And I was like, what? So back in the day, Danny, it was kind of taboo. Nobody really talked about it. So I immediately called... Uh, talk to Brad Faxon, who has already been working with Bob Rotella. Go come to find out, ninety percent of the guys were already working with sports psychologists, really? and so I went and started working with Bob Rotella in nineteen. I think it was nineteen eighty-seven. He's kind of the guru, right? With he is, golf, a, he is. He is the. He is a world-renowned. He's had more of the better players, and you know, Danny, it's really about keeping it simple. Mostly about commitment and processes and trying to stay away from the results, knowing that if I do this, commit from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet and and trust myself and stay in the processes, I'm going to play well eventually and I got to be ready to do that and I got to be ready to not get scared or not get, oh, I don't want to lose my place. Got to keep your foot on the gas and keep pressing forward. When I hear commitment, I think putting. Is that primarily on the psychology of golf? It's more about the putting aspect of the game? I think that's where, you know, you you do all this stuff, especially take the modern day player, for example, Danny. They can go 600 yards in two shots, and then it takes them three to go 30 feet. You know, it's a, it can get in your head, and those as, as you get closer to the hole, you got to get more specific and more specific. You know, for your drive, you've got a 40-yard wide fairway to hit. For your second shot, you probably have a seven to 8,000 square foot green to hit. For your putt, you got a hole that's a little over four inches you know why right so it it gets really really difficult and round ball round hole yeah weird things lots of lots of lip outs lots of weird things happening and so that putting is where you want to really feel like you're cashing in and taking advantage of all those good shots and when you don't it it can really get to letting you down so there's pre-shot routines that we're designing danny and there's pre-shot um uh, thought processes and then 
you know, once you're committed, man, you got to trust yourself and fire away. No guiding, no steering. So does a psychologist sit you down and go over situations in golf, or how do they kind of break you down in, in the mental side of the game? Yeah, first of all, you'll sit there and just talk. You talk about your upbringing, talk about your sport, talk about how you played your best, what it was like when you played your best, what it's like when you played your worst, things like that. Also, they, they're very much into self-talk. What are you saying to yourself out there? You know, and I, I'll tell you a funny story so Rattel said, how's your self-talk? I said, oh, mine's great. He said, really? I said, yeah, mine's great. I called him the next week. I go, Bob, my self-talk's awful. I didn't realize all the names I was calling myself. You know, one duck hook, and I'm over there going, you yeah. So, yeah, he just laughed. He said, yeah, I figured that, um, you know, you probably weren't as aware of it as you should be, and I, I wasn't aware of it at all. So with Brooks Kepka winning the PGA Championship and a member of Live, we're going to talk about innovations in golf. Now we've had a chance to see how it's presented to the golf fan out there. We'll get more into that coming up. This is Beyond the Fairways. Download us wherever you get your podcast presented by Darty Business Solutions. The world of golf is ever-evolving. It's time for equipment and innovations in golf. On Beyond the Fairways. Lots to get into on innovations in golf. We're presented by Darty Business Solutions. This is Beyond the Fairways. We'll have our pick segment coming up. So Brooks Kepka wins the PGA Championship. And speaking of psychology, he put a little pressure on himself after Saturday, didn't he? Oh, Danny, he's sitting down uh, with an interview after Saturday's round with Amanda Renner. And uh, talking a little bit about how he did let the Masters, he really felt like he let the Masters get away. He even... Uh, said in a separate interview that he choked, which I thought was very interesting. And Amanda said, so tell us what you learned. And he said, oh, I'm not giving away any of my secrets. But he said, I won't let that happen again. How about that? I know. I mean, and so one day later, he goes out, birdies three of the first four holes, Danny, and just grabs that championship by the throat and everybody else you know, was looking up at him. We were wondering, would some of the live guys uh, lose their edge because Liv is a, we've talked about it, it's an exhibition. And then all of a sudden you're thrust into the nation watching you in a major championship. And for Kepka, boy, you got to tip your cap. He has not lost his edge one bit. Nope. Nope, Denny. And I got to tell you, I changed. I, I found myself rooting kind of against these live players and I'm not doing, Why not? I, I'm a golf fan, man. Yeah. And, and you know what? Forget what tour he plays for and, uh, and what he did was super impressive. And Danny, Oak Hill, the old Oak Hill was a monster. This new Oak Hill was a beast. And I got to tell you, he battled all sorts of conditions. He had They had supreme cold that first day. Remember, there was a frost warning. So you're talking about temps dipping into the 30s. And then you got a ton of rain and, and just he he earned that championship and he was the best player. Well, you think about the Masters, that had nasty weather for a couple of days and now you've had the PGA, nasty weather coming up. The U.S. Open, British Open still on uh, the list for the majors. Innovations in golf, it, it, we both have watched the presentation of Liv. I'm still trying to figure out certain things with it, like the team format. They jump around. I love, by the way, listening to David Faraday. I hope one day he gets back to the PGA Tour. I, I do, I, too. I, yeah, I was going to say, I bet you feel the same way. But uh, the presentation of how it's delivered to golf fans, I don't know. I, I don't know if they can bring it into the average fan that isn't diving in the weeds like we are. I know. it's 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 got to – so look it. They're going to have to go one way or the other. 
right? If they're going to re-up, this thing's got to be sharpened up. It's got to be buttoned up. There's got to be more organization. They're going to have to make some tweaks, especially if they want the, these world golf rankings, right? Yeah. I mean, they're, they're going to have to make some tweaks. It's too, it's clearly, I mean, the players aren't even going to practice, Danny, after the rounds and things like that. So, and look, it's human nature. You know, you've already been paid. There's questions in everyone's mind is, are these players receiving an additional $4 million for winning those events, or does that go against their draw? It's, it's just murky and, and muddy, and this thing needs to be much clearer for golf. Because one thing about golf is that it is transparent, and it's one of the things I loved about it most, Danny. You and I go out to play, and you shoot 70, and I shoot 71. We know who won. By the way, I know, that you will could. never, ever happen. <laughs> It ain't going to happen. Let's just be honest about it. I like it. it. I like saying it. It is fun. So television-wise, though, are you seeing anything now watching Liv that catches your eye with what they're doing, with how they present the game? I, I haven't seen a lot of it. I've seen some that I like. I think they go to the booth to Faraday a little bit more, like the personalities. I think that's been good because ultimately – the fans want to know more about the players. Right. You know, back in the day, if I could learn more about Jay Delsing and his personal life, as much as he wants to open up, bring it on. Yeah. I, I want to do that. I, I want to I want to hear the guys on the golf course. I know that it's taboo for some people, but I think that's been good. And I wonder if the PGA Tour is going to do some of those things moving forward by what they learn from watching Live. Yeah, well, and we've seen the Tour, you know, do those in-course, uh, in-round interviews. Max Homa, Justin Thomas did one. Uh, Rory did one at Augusta, I think, Curtis I Strange. I couldn't believe that he did that. Right, I mean, he was literally pulling a nine iron, I think, out of his out of his bag on the was it the ninth hole? And well, it was the ninth, and he kept the ear pod in as he hit the golf ball, which and then immediately crazy. talked about it, which is just absolutely crazy. So I know Curtis Strange didn't like it, though. I, I know, and, and Curtis would said he would have never done that when he was playing. It's just to it just can get you off your uh, your concentration, uh, uh, kind of out of whack. But yeah, Danny, I mean, live because of the smaller number of players, because of the. I'd say informality of it, they could be micing those players up all day. Yeah, I, why, I agree. Why not? I it's mean, an exhibition. Why not do it? Exactly. Get DJ and, and get that mic on him. I would make Cameron it mandated Smith. for them that, hey, if you sign up with us, you are going to be exposed in a good way to the fan by interviews. You cannot turn down an on-course interview. You can't turn down yep. the pre- or the post-tournament interviews or that day's event. You can't do it. Because people want to know about him. Danny, wouldn't you love to hear Patrick Reed and his oh, caddy yeah. chirp about whatever? I mean, you know there's got to be some interesting stuff. And their Kepka's the same way. Yeah. He's, you know, why wouldn't you? I mean, there's only 48 men in those fields, and, and they're spread out all over the golf course. So you're going to get... Uh, you're you're going to get a treasure trove of of, of different um, comments and yes. and things like that. You better have the button prepared. I can promise you that. But <laughs> you, you know there you'll hear a few of those. But still, I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah, I I think you should mic them up. I I think every player should be mic'd up. To your point, you're going to hear some things. Well, you can go on tape delay. Oh yeah, you know that's what they do. You work television. Yeah. A lot of the shots that you're seeing on the PGA Tour on NBC on CBS. That is, it, it's happened a couple of minutes ago, it's reviewed, and then it's put out there for the consumption of the viewers. So 
I think they should be doing that every single weekend, and everybody's got to be mic'd up so that you do hear, even those that aren't in contention, that you really hear the unique conversations between a caddy and a player. Absolutely, and I mean, then you want to talk about those caddies like John Wood was talking about being a a, a sport or even a general psychologist. Yes. You're going you're gonna to hear him talk them off the ledge sometimes. The PGA Tour stop at the Charles Schwab uh, Challenge at Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth, Texas, and we'll have our picks of the week coming up. Beyond the Fair presented by Darty Business Solutions. Darty Business Solutions, the title sponsor of the Golf with Jay Delsing show, is a leader in our community in so many areas. Do they have over 2,500 teammates in over 30 states and three countries? Yes, they do. Are they the largest IT consulting firm in our area? Yes, they are. Are they the largest software developer in the St. Louis region? Of course they are. But here are a few other important things to know about Doherty Business Solutions. They are the presenting sponsor of the Ascension Charity Classic. They are the presenting sponsor and were the first presenting sponsor of the Advocate Professional Golfers event at Glen Echo that will be held there this year as well. They are also the founders of Access Point. This is a community game changer. It builds diversity in the IT workforce. Hundreds of mostly African-American women are getting fifty dollars to $60,000 a year jobs right out of high school. That's right, right out of high school. Ron Darty, company founder, chaired the 2023 Heart Ball this year. It supported the local American Heart Association chapters and raised over $600,000 in one evening. These are more examples of the many things that Darty Business Solutions does in our community. Have you ever wanted tips from a PGA pro? It's the tips segment on Beyond the Fairways with PGA professional Jay Delsing and four-time Emmy Award-winning broadcaster, Dan McLaughlin. Our picks this week as the PGA Tour, after the PGA Championship, makes a stop at the Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial Country Club in Fort Worth, Texas. And some big names are in this, so I'll start with you, Jay Bird. Who do you have as our winner first? First of all, Danny, we're going to brag on ourselves. We knocked it out of the park last week. I mean, we had Corey Connors, Victor Hovland, Scotty Scheffler. I mean, they were, they were one, two, three for a good majority of yep. the of the time, and we have been on fire. So, By the way, when Hovland hit it on, oh, what, what hole was that, 16? 16. And he oh. puts it on the, the in the bunker and embedded it. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh. that kind of looks like me. Even these guys <laughs> do this. Well, if we wanted to talk about that, those were two – but Corey Connor and Victor Howard, yes. Corey Connor, those were lo- short irons with lots of loft, and they basically sculled those right in the shocking. face. It was really shocking. It, it, and it just tells you what, what pressure can do to you in major championship golf. Who do you like this weekend? I, my sleeper pick is oh, my Oh, you're going good, sleeper first. Oh, I'm sorry. You, okay. said, you asked me. My, nope. My winner, I'm going with Colin Morikawa. He's had a good track record there. Colonial Country Club's also called called Hogan's Alley. you got to be a good ball hitter. It's a good, good test of golf. And Colin... Um, had a chance to win a couple of years ago, lost in a playoff. He had a nice PGA uh, um, championship, and so I like Colin Morikawa as my pick. I'll go Justin Rose, who won in 2018, third in 2020, and he's made the cut in eight of his nine starts at the event. So I'm going Justin Rose. Another quality guy, quality ball hitter, and a, a proven, uh, as they say, horse for a course. All right, 
dark horse will be Ricky Fowler for me. I'm just pulling for the guy. You know, I I just think that he's close to a breakthrough. I've said that before. And uh, with the field, it's a lot of big names. But Ricky is... It just seems like he needs to put up like a 32 or a 33, a 31 on a on one of these nines, and it just clicks for him. Yep. Well, you're right, Denny. I mean, first of all, hats off to Ricky for going back to Butch. He's rediscovered his game. He's rocketing back up the, the world golf rankings, and it's playing better. We see his yes. name all the time. He's had a really solid comeback year, and, and he's a guy, really easy guy to root for. My dark horse pick is going to be Ryan Palmer. He's a 40-something-year-old guy. He loves to play a nice little hard hook out there. I don't even think his car takes a right. He just, <laughs> everything goes right to left. And uh, he's a Texan. He knows his way around there. And a uh, really good guy. Good guy to go have a cocktail with, tell you what's going on. Uh, raises a bunch of money. Uh, in his in his hometown and, and a really fun guy to root for. Hey, great job on the John Wood interview. Longtime PGA Tour caddy, on-course reporter for NBC Golf. Again, go back and listen to our podcast. David Faraday, Tom Watson, Brad Faxon, Curtis Strange, Andy North. Some of the biggest names in golf have been with us, and this, as always, has been fun. Absolutely, and don't forget Gary McCourt. Yeah. Gary was really, really funny and talking about Tin Cup and how so many of those situations in that movie were based off of his real life was crazy. I had no idea about that. Beyond the Fairways is presented by Doherty Business Solutions.